You ever feel lost, uninspired, alone, or defeated? Well, I'm inviting you to some fellow dreamers for some insight. I believe dreams matter, and you have one, or two, or ten, I don't know. To tackle challenges with love instead of fear is the first step. So let's experience this together as we dive into the stills of life. Are you ready? Go with the flow. What's up, everyone? My guest comes all the way from Madison, Mississippi. Try to say that five times fast. She is a signed working model who just moved here to Los Angeles. Throughout most of her life, she's been secretly training as a ninja assassin by doing gymnastics. This young dreamer is burning to travel the world, walk the runways, and absorb everything she can, especially food. Like any other human, this bird experienced the same hardships and ordeals like you that may surprise you. She's an emotional songwriter and singer who's fearless to express herself because if we don't share our lives with others, how can we grow? This is Julia Bansali. Hi, Julia. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, thanks for coming. And did I pronounce your last name correctly? How'd you pronounce it again? I don't know. Bansali. Bansali. Right, yes. Like a Z. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you're, co- you're coming from Mississippi. You're the first person I met in that state. And I'm... I forgot that state exists. Really? Yeah. (laughs) That happens a lot. (laughs) So uh, tell us what it's like growing up there. Well, I'm really grateful to have like grown up in kind of a more, I wouldn't say rural. It's not really a rural area where I'm from, but just from the South, it's kind of humbling just because it's such a, compared to the rest of the country and like the world, it's it's kind of just a small little, little blip on the map. No one really thinks about, you know, but like, I love coming from such a, like a safe, comforting place with people that care about me and a really awesome community. And so it's been, it was a great time to, like, to grow up there and kind of get to live there. What do your parents do, if I may ask? Um, my dad is an engineer and my mom is a stay-at-home mom. But she's like on PTO and does all kinds of stuff with like the Neighborhood Association and she's always busy. <laughs> wow. And uh, you are signed under LA Models. I am. One of the fanciest, greatest agencies <laughs> working all over the world. Um, how did you get discovered? Well, um, I got signed with my mother agency whenever I was a junior in high school. And then a couple months later, um, my mother. Well, let's agent- go back to that. Okay. How did they get you? Well, my hairdresser was like, you should model. And I was like, um. You have no. a hairdresser? Well, like my, whoever cuts my hair, like she is my, like she cuts my hair. And so she, oh, okay. (laughs) Well, she was like, oh my gosh, you should model. And I was like, I don't think so. Maybe not. But she was like, yeah, there's an agency locally and my son signed there and you should submit some pictures. I was like, okay, I'll try, whatever. And so I submitted some pictures, kind of like not even really hoping to like, I was kind of just like to appease her. And then I got like signed. So it was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this for fun. But like to me, I had never thought that I would do that like long term. It was kind of like, oh, it'll be locally, it'll be for fun. I never ever imagined I'd be here. Like that was the, the least thing I ever thought about. So it's crazy that I'm actually here. <laughs> this is only about a year ago for you, so. Right, well I signed two years ago when I was 16. And then um, after I signed with my mother agency, then like four months later, she took a group of us to LA for a scouting event called the Industry Network. Which like is a bunch of like um, scouts and stuff go and you like get to like do runway and photo shoots and they kind of get to give you callbacks and so then LA Models wanted to sign me and so then I had to go home and be like mom please mom dad please because like they were it was kind of none of us had thought about this as like a long term thing it was kind of like you're gonna model locally and then be done and go to college but I was like wait but I'm here but they want me there so what do I do and so it was a whole big ordeal like lots and lots of praying as a, and talking as a family and kind of just 
you know, thinking and lots of hard decisions. But finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue this. I want to do this. So I ended up saying, I'm signing. And I signed. <laughs> Jesus. It sounds so much easier said than done. I know. And, it was um, a hard, hard choice. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm looking at you. It, make, it makes total sense that they, a lot of agencies would sought you, sought you out. <laughs> so um, just explain kind of briefly mother agencies. Um, so if, if anyone aspiring to be a model... Okay. They have to kind of go through that process, right? Right. Your mother agency, like your mother agent is like your best friend. Like if you don't have a good relationship with her, it's kind of like you should find another one because your mother agent is like in charge of your whole career basically. Because like she places you with their agencies and she communicates with all of them and she like, you know, she's awesome. My mother agent is the, like my best friend. I love her so much. Um, so... What's their name? Her name is Jamie Ainsworth, and she runs her own agency called JEA Model Management in okay. Jackson, Mississippi. Sweet. Um, so she actually made her own agency and like started basically brought fashion to that area because like back before like that there was like no modeling there at all. And so she made an awesome agency, and it's pretty pretty great. Nice. Mm -hmm. So it's it sounds like a training before you get signed to a, right. uh, yes, an officially yes. bigger agency. Yes, whenever we got signed first, I had to do a few shoots like to get my portfolio built up. I had to do some runway lessons. Like she made us all do like five, which I'm so grateful for. They helped a lot. Like five required runway lessons, so I had to walk. And then, you know, all the, the training and little seminars and workshops to kind of build you up and get you ready for the big league. And then once you were like ready, then you get to fly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, I mean, that's astounding because you, you would never think such a big agency would um, offer to sign you. Right. It's when crazy. you're all the way down there. I know. I never, ever dreamed that would happen. So I'm super grateful for, like, the opportunity to get to be here and, like, get to be signed with something so on the big caliber where I'm from. Like, this little itty-bitty, you know, Mississippi is kind of just, like, low in the totem pole of, like, modeling yeah. and fashion and all did, that. Did other agencies make an offer? Yeah, I had a few callbacks, which was pretty cool. And so my mother agent, I, at the event, my mother agent and I sat down and we talked about it and she told me what she thought about them and what she thought I should do and she kind of helped me to make the decision and so finally we both agreed on LA Models because it was, you know, a good fit and they were really accommodating to like my high school for me to finish mm. high school and they were really comforting. I don't know like, what that is. Do what? High school. I don't oh yeah, yeah, high school. I blocked it out. Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's memories distant but they're really accommodating for that and they were really nice like about my parents and making them feel like comforting that I was going to be in good hands and stuff yeah. so it was the best choice like out of all the ones that I wanted to be. So does that mean they're going to book you jobs only in LA? Well for now that's kind of what I think but there could be like direct bookings which are like companies in other parts of the country or world or whatever, if they want you, they will like request you and then you can go for a short time and then come back to wherever you're based. So right now, I guess I'm based in LA, but let's just say some company in like Florida wanted to book me, they would like contact um, LA Models or whatever or my mother agent and then they would say, hey, we want to book her for this day, can she come? And then that would be the whole process with that, but it just depends, I guess. And that client will offer to pay for you to come down, Usually, take care of you. if it's a big enough company and they have like a budget and stuff, then they'll pay for your, your flight and your combination. On top of your fee. Right. If it's like a, if they really want you and if it's like a good, reputable, reputable brand. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, what a gig. Oh, I know, but that doesn't happen very often. See, direct bookings are a lot more rare unless you're like a big name model. Like they don't have sure. it super often because I mean, it's nice when you get them, but usually you kind of are just going to castings and doing that whole thing. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> what surprised you the most about modeling? 
Hmm, I don't really know. I don't because like when I came into it, I had like no expectations. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna go with the flow. We're just gonna see what happens. Um, so I've gotten to meet a lot of models, which has been really cool. I made some friends through it. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I you mean, guys like, are not competitive. Oh well, no, actually, the ones I've met here so far, like, have been really sweet to me and been really nice. And so Good. I've learned that you really can't compare yourself. To, like I've learned so hard, like, you cannot compare yourself to anybody else because your journey is not their journey. And like mm. everyone's look is different, everyone is doing different things. So that comparing yourself and being competitive is just gonna make you miserable and it's gonna make you feel horrible. So I've learned that like I should celebrate them, and I should like praise them for what they're doing, and then know that like I'm on my own journey and we're doing different things, and that's okay. Jeez, what an attitude! That's <laughs> that's great. Were you once obsessed comparing yourself to others? Oh yeah, I still struggle with that. Like it's super hard. Like with social media and stuff, and how yeah. everything looks so perfect. And like you see somebody else, and like you be like, oh my gosh, I want their life, but like you don't know what they're like. And on social media, <laughs> you like, everyone tries to portray only what they want you to see. Yes. Like they don't portray the bads, only like the highs, and they can manipulate the way. Like everyone, we all do it. Like the manipulate the way that people see you, only pushing the good parts. So it's so easy to get caught up in like looking at that and saying that's their real life, but it's not because yeah. you know we're it's all, becoming a TV show for right. individuals. It's, yes, yeah. everyone has their own like reality show. That's their Instagram. That's what they wish their life was like, or how they want people to see them. But like, yeah. no one's life is perfect. We're all a mess, you know. <laughs> yeah, especially me. Me too. <laughs> I'm big. All right, great. We're doing an invisible high five. Um, now you're you're a young model, and um, but you're of legal age to go off onto these bookings. So, you know there, you know there are always rumors and stereotypes of the modeling world how it can be kind of dark, mm-hmm. kind of sinister. Right. So right. how do you, Julia, protect yourself, and how do you? You know? Well, what do you do? It's, it's really scary because before, like, you carry a gun? No, I don't. A sword? And I don't own a gun, no, or a sword. Two no. knives? I have a hammer in my car, but that's in Mississippi. So, but <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can't fly and hammer here. No, it's kind of it was scary because I, before, like, I I, got, I came here two weeks ago from this Sunday, so it's almost two weeks. So before yeah. that, I had never flown by myself before. Never gotten on a plane alone. I've never gone away from home for more than like a week. I've been in Mississippi my whole life, so it's like in this little bubble of the South. So it was, it's very, it was very scary for me just to get on that plane alone and just like, you know, go for it. But you Did know, anyone bother you on the plane? No, no, no. Everyone was nice. I had a good experience traveling and stuff, which is good. And no luggage lost at all. That's I was, when you have to put on ugly makeup. Right. <laughs> just to be left alone. Right, right. Yeah, it was nice. I made some, I talked to people, made conversation. It was, it was good. But I mean, okay. I was very, very anxious. Like the whole week before I didn't sleep at all. I was super anxious and nervous about everything. You know, it was a very scary time. But like yeah. the whole time I was just praying the whole time. Like that's the only reason that I did not like lose my, like my mind because I was just praying the whole time. Even as I was like in the plane, I was like, God, help me, please. I'm struggling. I'm scared. Just like help me and go with me. I know you're here. Just People please. are staring at me. I know. Please help me. I, but it was fine. And I ended up, you know, but I've learned that now that I'm like, I guess an adult in air quotes, I guess. Cause I mean, I'm not an adult. I'm not, but I'm 18. So there's no one to you know, hold your hand. There's no one to like be there and make you, you know, be responsible. There's no one there to protect you. You have to, you know, be on your guard at all times and know that, you know, because I feel like I'm very trusting. I'm overly trusting people, and so I don't really see the Uh-oh. bad. Yeah, I don't really see the bad in them. So I have to like make myself say, okay, everyone does not want to be your friend. You have to make, be, go in the, with the mindset that like people, some people are not as nice as you are. So you have to keep your you. guard up and just kind of be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Well, how about like simple tactics? Like, are you, would you bring friends to the set? 
Well, yeah, I would never like go walking at night alone, and I would never. No, don't do that. Right, here. right. I make sure to Uber everywhere. You'll disappear. Oh, I know. It's very. I've learned just like from people have told me. Just I'm always like make sure it's daylight. Make sure you're never like alone. So I make yeah. sure to, to always have someone with me if I go somewhere yeah. like where I'm not at like the apartment or whatever. Okay. <laughs> what about on uh, photo shoots? You you are you comfortable going alone with all your stuff? Well, yeah, usually. Um, I haven't really gotten any booked any jobs yet since I've been here, but I had a few test shoots, and so I just would Uber there, and like it'd be fine. And the photographers, like my agency, would never send me to a place that I wasn't safe. So I felt comfortable with the photographers and the places I've been so far. Well, this is this might sound weird because it's me, but I approached you, like, to for a possible photo shoot. Right. So how could and now we're face to face and we're having a good time. Right. But um, how could a stranger easily backfire, like, with that first contact? Right. You see, I was, even with you, I was, like, skeptical. I was like, hey, I don't really know this person. I don't really know. So I made sure, Thank like, you. for any photo shoots, uh, I make sure to send them to my agency first and make sure so yeah. they can set it up. I never try to do it on my own because, I mean, I know if I go through them first, it'll be safe and they'll make sure that I'm taken care of. So I always, if someone wants to shoot, I always make sure to send them to my agency and then they can set it up from there. Okay. What if they keep talking to you? Then I'll either block them, or I'll let my agency know, or I'll, you know, just kind of take it however I think needs to be done. Okay. That's <laughs> smart. I mean, that's the only option you can do. Right, anyway. right. You can't, like, right. people are being creeps. You kind of just got to back away or make them go away. <laughs> do you feel like um, beauty can be a curse? I guess so. Like, okay, you... not curse. That's, that's heavy. Um, what would you say, like, are disadvantages of being attractive um i guess people you get unwanted attention i guess I, i've never really i have never really dealt with this a ton but like i've heard from other girls that like they get lots of unwanted attention and people always like trying to approach them ask for their numbers and stuff which i guess that would be kind of annoying and like not very safe if you're like alone and stuff but i never really have had a ton of that i mean it's, it hadn't been that bad for me but i've heard stories of other girls who have dealt with that so since you landed here, how many people asked you out? Um, none, none. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You've been cooped up in that bedroom. Yeah, I have actually. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen too often. Right. But it will happen. Oh, yes. I'm prepared. Yeah. I'm prepared. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about the training that LA models. I mean, I assume they put you into training camp. Well, last summer I was here for two weeks and okay. they had like a little model camp for all the new faces and we kind of got to go to like, um, her name's Kareen, she's the vice president of LA Models, she's super sweet. We got to go to her house and have like a little retreat weekend where we like did some fitness stuff and learned about like you know, skincare and just about modeling, did a few shoots and so it was a really, really cool opportunity to do two that. Two weeks sounds like a long time. Yeah, well, actually, it was a week and a half I was here, um, but I stayed in the model department and kind of got a feel for what it'd be like if I wanted to come back, and I loved it, so I wanted to come back, um, and so I did a few test shoots while I was there, and kind of, okay. the camp was like two or three days in that stay, but uh, it was a really fun time that I got to come, because it was my, my second time in LA, like my first time actually being there to like do stuff, because mm -hmm. the first time it was just like for that event, so I was in the hotel most of the time, but um, it was a really cool experience. So was it physically grueling? The model camp? Yeah. Oh, I mean, we really did like one workout session, I think, because this trainer came in, kind of showed us like a workout, and we did it. And it was it was difficult, but like it wasn't like I'm dying, I'm dying. It was just kind of like <laughs> a, a difficult workout. Did they feed you? Yeah, yeah, plenty of food. Yes, yes, it was right. good. <laughs> okay, I, I hope so. <laughs> How do they train you mentally? Like, what kinds of what kinds of courses or? processes that you have to go through we didn't really have any mental training i mean it's kind of like 
if you sign a contract, you have to know what you're getting yourself into. You have to know, like, you have to be strong enough in your own self to not be sidetracked, to not get off course. You have to just know who you are. That's so important in this industry is knowing who you are because it's so easy to get, like, caught off guard or just, you know, taken around to a whole different world. Jeez. Do you want to keep doing this all the way through your 20s and 30s? Well, I don't really know what that, but I definitely want to, because this is my first time trying it out full-time, so I don't even know if I'm going to even, like, get work or be able to sustain myself, but I really do want to continue to do this as long as I can, because I really enjoy it. I love, like, storytelling and being part of, like, a vision and a creation. I love to create, and so I also have other passions and stuff I want to incorporate into that somehow, but we're going to see how that goes. <laughs> uh, what about your parents? How do they feel about diving into this world well first they were very against it even against like the local modeling they were like no we don't like it let's not do it like they didn't like it at first okay. but um and when i told them that i wanted to go to la it was like it was kind of like what disaster yeah, even to me i was like i don't even know what i'm doing but like please and so we talked about it a lot and so we did a lot to talking and praying and thinking and finally we all peace about it and so they really support me wholeheartedly they're so supportive and i'm so grateful for all they've done for me <laughs> okay the talking and praying how long did that last before they flipped um a good month i mean cause a I, month. I, I went to Jan i went to the event in january and then they gave they sent the contract over and so we were like i was like mom and dad please can we just talk about this i think i want to do this i don't know yet but like let's pray about it and so for a couple of weeks we kind of just were like trying to decide what to do yeah and so finally we all like I mean, it was kind of hesitantly, but we all agreed that I think this is something we should pursue. God's given you this opportunity for a reason. I think we should just, like, see what happens and go for it. Amazing. <laughs> and they're still supportive. Right. They're well, they so supportive. have to be, right? Because yes. they're all the way down here. Right. They're so supportive. I miss them a ton, but yes. <laughs> Are they going to come here? Probably not. I mean, last summer they came. Um, okay. Like, they were here. And my, my dad just didn't like it. Like, they just didn't like the whole LA, but I like it a lot, but they just like it. So hopefully I get to go home like for the holidays and stuff, but you know, yeah. Okay. Do you have siblings? I have one sister and she is 13. Oh, is she gonna follow? I, I don't think so. I mean, people always tell her she should and she she's more of like into the volleyball and she does cheer and she, I don't think, I don't know if that's gonna be on her radar, but we'll see because I'm sure she could if she wanted to, but if she didn't want she to. She sounds tall already. She's like Five four, and she's like in eighth grade, so we'll see how tall she gets. <laughs> yeah, like five eleven or something. Oh, Where does your height come from? My dad is like six one, so I'm like five eight and a half. Yeah, which I means it's not super tall, but it's not like short. I mean, it's good model height, I guess. But it's my, a mom, great my, height. my mom is about five four. My dad is like six one, so I guess it comes from him. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And you said you want to create another passion. So I think that's a good way to talk, share what might surprise our audience here is that you are a very good songwriter and singer. <laughs> you play 300 instruments. Three. <laughs> and you've, you've already released how many songs now? Um, I don't really know. I've like, they're just kind of on my Too many. Like, no one really even like listens to them. It's kind of just like for myself. Like whenever I'm like struggling or if I'm like bored or like in pain, I'll just write songs. That's kind of like my thing that helps me to channel all my emotions and stuff. And I'll just kind of write. So I don't I haven't like counted how many I've written in total, but like I've recorded a few of them and just kind of put them on SoundCloud in case someone wants to. It's a good amount. Assume. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been a lot, but I haven't like posted all of them, but like on SoundCloud, I started a couple years ago to kind of, I'd record it and then I'd just post it and, that would be it. <laughs> I hear from other songwriters that they have to write in a very deeply emotional 
sometimes negative state. Right. Actually, Why is that? The best songs come from the most painful experiences. Because like when everything is going good, when it's all fine and dandy and happy, it's just not, the music is not as like real and raw and passionate. <laughs> but like whenever you're like struggling and you're in pain and you're sad and like you have real emotion, that's what the best songs are made so of. So you should never be happy. Right. I should be sad all the time because the best music comes from that. <laughs> and you, you, oh God, you're not sad now. No, no, I'm happy. I'm really happy. So... I can't wait till you get sad again. Right. Because I would love to hear a new song. Yeah, maybe you'll be sad soon. We'll see. And uh, while we wait for that, uh, you listen to a lot of sad songs. Yeah, I, I like sad music. It's just something about, like, I love happy songs too. I love to be happy, but there's something so like, raw and real about, like, real emotion and, like, sadness and, or just not even sad, but just hardships and, like, trials yeah. and pain that, like, makes music so special and real. Do you think we, um, uh, do you think we have to be sad to listen to these songs? No, I don't think so. I think no matter what your headspace is, you can appreciate the art and like the emotion that's in the song. Yeah. Because in general, I think psychologically, misery loves company. Right. So like I'm, I'm still in that period too where I still enjoy sad songs. Right. It doesn't make me physically react, but... I enjoy the, the art and the music that is put into that song. But it feels strangely good. Yeah, it almost like a nostalgic kind of feeling. I don't know. It's weird. But I, yeah. I, yeah, it's weird, but it's good. Um, <laughs> I think our memories of our favorite times will never measure up to real life. Yeah. So there, there is that. There are triggers of flashbacks. Definitely. That kind of wave through. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you go through that too when you're like in that state? Yeah, definitely. Like if things are going exceptionally well in my life or if I'm just kind of like chilling or whatever and I, I, see, I hear a song that like gave me comfort during a hard time or a song that was, you know, I listened to it. I, I remember like the situation that I was in whenever I'm listening to it, kind of like little flashbacks and nostalgic little bits and pieces of memories. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Are you self-taught with these instruments? Um, well, piano, guitar, on piano, I took, ukulele. On piano, I took for about 10 years, like lessons. And then, but guitar and ukulele, I'm self-taught. YouTube. Of course you <laughs> are. Now with a piano, can you play by ear? Um, sometimes it depends on what it is. Occasionally I'll just sit down and kind of start playing like random stuff or pick stuff out. But typically I'll like either hear by hear a song and try to play it or I'll like look up some right away. Right away. You can do that. No, no, it takes time. Like not right. Not like I'm not honest. I'm not a prodigy. I'm not a prodigy. So it takes You look like one. I'm not. I promise. (laughs) That makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Okay. So like to build a home. By right. Patrick Watson. Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> do you have to get the sheet music or can you do it by ear? I don't know. I'll have to try later because I love the song and I haven't tried to play it before because I just heard it for the first time like yesterday. But yeah. it's a great song. And so yeah. if I can maybe hear it a few times and kind of go back and forth and like listen and play, then I, maybe, but I'm not going to promise anything because probably not. But we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. I would love to hear you do a cover. Oh. Like, it's, in person. Wow, I'll that try. That would give me goosebumps. Oh, really? Let's try. <laughs> or, or the other song, too. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope you keep doing that. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. It's really, like, I have such a passion for it, like, just creating stuff and making music and films and anything that's, like, created. That's what I want to do with my life. <laughs> you're a storyteller. Yes. An all-around yes. storyteller. That, that's a good way to, yeah, to put yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever try to sell your songs? No, I never really thought anyone would buy them, so I kind of like, because I don't have like a recording studio. How do you know that? Because, I mean. You don't need a studio. I, 
yeah. Look what we're doing. I know, I know. I'm just saying, I like record on my bathroom floor usually. Like, I, I just feel like no. there's so many. Acoustics uh, are too bad. Well, actually, they sound pretty good in something, but I just feel like there's so many other. I mean, I know I'm probably, I'm probably being like pessimistic, but like, yes. I just, right? And I, okay, I have a habit of getting into the, you know, bad thoughts or low self You're letting the LA <laughs> culture get to you. Right? I know, because like, it feels like everyone, everyone's an artist. Like, everyone's an artist. So I feel like if I try to, like, they're already artists. So, like, you know, but I know that's... What did we just talk about comparing ourselves to? Others? I know. You see, I, I'm getting into the bad habit, and I have to stop that. <laughs> there, there is no other Julia Banzali. Right. You're so right. right. You're so right. <laughs> so you might, I mean, this, this doesn't sound that impossible. You might actually get, like, a... A music agent. That is perhaps. the goal. I would love to just be able to share my music with the world and just to, you know, share it. That would be my ultimate goal is to do that. So hopefully, you know, with some lots of prayer and some, we'll see what happens. But if it's yeah. meant to be, then it will be. And so I trust that. <laughs> and you would act in your own music videos? Um, I guess so. I mean, I love to like. I've never really. Do you tr- act? I've never tried like actual acting. Well, I mean, at that scouting event, my agent made us do the acting portion, which I was terrible at it, but I thought I was. But um, I love to act in like emotions. Like, and for photo shoots, I'll always ask the photographer, like, what emotion am I trying to portray? And like, I get so into it. And I love to just portray rage. emotions. Yes, yes, I'll do rage. You know, I love to just get the emotion and like feel it. And just, it's so powerful just to be able to convey, convey that and be like the storyteller. It's so, so awesome. Sweet. <laughs> now, speaking of storytelling, um, I've, I've read your blog mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. twice, <laughs> um, all three entries. <laughs> Actually, four. I posted one today. <laughs> you did? I did. <clears throat> I was supposed to get first dibs on it before this interview. Oh, I'm sorry. I just posted a couple hours ago, so it's still like... You know how thorough I like to be. Right. I know, I know. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, you shared a very uh, deeply um, personal account mm-hmm. three times. Right. Um, it actually kind of escalates if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it does. It starts out kind of like, you know, chill, and then it gets more, and then it's like, bam! <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say you're very brave to be so vulnerable. Thank you. And so um, self-realized, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially at your age, uh, which most girls, I assume, just want to hide it. Right, yeah. I've, or I've put on some it. kind yes. of image. It's like a facade. Everyone's trying just to be yeah. someone they're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you went rock climbing not too long ago, which mm-hmm. you wrote about in your second entry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought that was an excellent metaphor about every challenge, every ordeal or struggle that we're going through. Mm-hmm. And that you're not alone. Right, you're never, ever alone. Like, no. I've had to realize, even in the past two weeks, and I felt, I've been lonely, like, you know, having my, my friends and family were at home, so I've been lonely, so I've had to just, like, cling to like God and know that like I'm never alone he's always even if I can't feel him he's always beside me like yeah. guiding me and holding me up mm-hmm. when did you accept God into your life oh so whenever I was like eight or so I was baptized and I you know accepted God in my life but then um and I kind of just did the thing and I was like you know in Sunday school you kind of always just you you accept God you're baptized and you kind of just move on like whenever you're that young so I mean I didn't really I knew what I was doing but it wasn't like I didn't fully start like living my life for like God until like years later that's when it fully hit me it didn't hit me like until like you know recently like this past year even like I didn't fully start like realize even how much I, I don't know I couldn't even comprehend anything until like things happened to me and my life started to change well um and then that probably leads to your third blog post right right um, you shared a very um you know very personal episode of your life mm-hmm. where you had an eating disorder. Right, yes. So if you don't mind, can you walk us through the timeline about 
how that happened and yeah. how you got over it. Well, so, I, well, I was a gymnast for like 10 years, so I was always like working out and kind of, you know, doing the gym. I never really thought about what I ate or like, I was never a thought in my mind. I was kind of just like, I'm a gymnast, I'm doing gymnastics and working out. But then eventually I quit because I was just too old and too tall and it was like time to quit. And so I started getting worried that, too oh, <laughs> I was like 16, 15, but I was like, um, I was worrying that I was going to like get out of shape and like gain weight if I wasn't in the gym all the time. And so I started like working out a ton. And so I was obsessed with it and I would just work out all the time and be so obsessed with what I ate. And so that kind of happened for like a year or so without any consequences. And then I got some modeling, which actually helped. And I was really confident and I got out of my shell a lot. Um, then I came to LA that summer and I was like, I started comparing myself to other girls and it got into a really bad headspace of like, okay, I have to be thinner, I have to fit into what I'm supposed to be or whatever. And so then I got in this awful headspace and I was like, hey, I have to like eat really healthy, I have to like be dedicated to this lifestyle. And so then when I got home, I like thought to myself, okay, I'm gonna like start doing this for real and I'm gonna like eat healthy and I'm gonna do it. So then starting like my senior year last year, I started eating super healthy and then so first it was like oh I'm just gonna eat salads at restaurants and then I'm gonna cut out like processed foods and flour and then sugar oh it's evil oh, the and fun then, stuff I know right and then uh, I went paleo and I cut out all the grains and I was like carbs are bad and I was reading all these blogs about you should only eat healthy and it was I was in the most horrible awful state in my mind about like I can't eat anything it was like I ended up only eating like a few things because I was it's called orthorexia where you only eat like you're afraid to eat anything bad, and you, you label food as good and bad. And I feel like diet culture like pushes that in so many of us. Like so many of us don't realize how you know diet culture has gotten to our head and like told us you should eat this because it's less calories. It's so messed up the way we think about food, and the whole society as a whole is messed up in that. So I was here's me seeing all these weight loss. Um, like I was already underweight before I even started. Like I'm just naturally small. And so here's me seeing all these you know diet blog posts about you can lose weight by this and this and you should only eat spiralized spaghetti instead of actual spaghetti and it was like all these horrible things that I was I was so messed up and I thought I had to lose weight and so ended up I kind of started eating less and less and less and then finally I didn't even realize it at the time but my weight was just falling off and I was kind of like all of a sudden I was like oh awesome because to me I thought I was doing the right thing I thought I was you know losing weight was what I was supposed to be because I was supposed to be you know thin in air quotes because that's what I'm you know they want me to be and so I didn't realize I was not just thin I was emaciated I like lost like 20 pounds from already being underweight and it was horrible and I thought I, I to me I was I have horrible body dysmorphia so like whatever I see in the mirror is not what everyone else sees me as so I struggled so much with that like Whenever I was at my lowest weight, I thought that my legs were too big and I would pinch and, and pinch at my, my skin. That wasn't, I had no fat left. It was horrible. Uh, and so I like, it was, I suffered the consequences physically and mentally. I was just a wreck, a train wreck. But I was, to me, I thought I was doing it right. And whenever people would ask me, are you okay? I would say, yeah. And whenever they would tell me I'm too skinny, I would get satisfaction from that. I would be like, oh yeah, that's good. It means I'm doing the right thing. But actually it was horribly messed up. And so people started to worry about me, but to me, that was great. So I, like, lost all that weight, and then I was cold all the time. I could not, like, even in the heat, I would, like, was shiver. And my, I was super pale, and my bones were just poking out everywhere, which I thought looked great to me. I was like, oh, that's right, that's, that's right. But to, that was horrible, and I looked like a skeleton. But my, I was so messed up in my own head that, like, I thought that looked good because of what I've been, you know, the media had been portraying and had been putting in my head. Yeah. And so I was super, just my mindset was so skewed. 
And then finally, um, it got to a point where my agent requested to see me because she hadn't seen me in months because we had to get some snapshots. Oh. And she saw me and she, her mouth dropped open and she was like, Julia, you sit down. We can't, like, she just had to sit down and just, you know, talk to me and tell me, you know, if you don't get better and you don't gain weight, you can't go to L.A. And that was like the biggest, like, I... That was the wake-up call? That was the wake-up call, yes. My eyes were open because I had been telling everyone, oh, I'm trying to get better, I'm trying to gain weight, but I was not trying that. I was doing the opposite of that. What about your parents? Well, I guess it was kind of hard because to them... They didn't see? Yeah, because whenever you're with somebody every day, you don't really see the, the big drastic changes that everyone else sees, you know? And I was eating healthy foods, in air quotes, because I was I was eating, like, salads and, you know, chicken and stuff. But, like, so it, it looked like I was eating healthy, but really I was not eating nearly enough I was you know so malnourished and so it took a while for them to see I guess because they saw me every day and so it's not like you know you see someone after four months and they're like a skeleton it was kind of like a gradual process but eventually yes they did everyone saw and it was horrible um and so then my whole world was just cracked and broken and shattered after that moment because my whole plan had been okay I'm going to go to high school then I'm going to do this and my whole plan was set but now my whole plans were just like cracking and crumbling the pieces and so I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and cried out to God like I was broken that was the low point for me it was whenever I realized okay my plans are not set in stone anymore I have to I have to figure out what to do and so then I struggled that was like in I think that was in February of this year actually it was earlier this year um and so that was a really rough time so I had to you know vow okay I'm gonna do this I have to get better I have to heal myself and so through lots and lots of struggling and a lot of struggling, crying and screaming and praying and just so much, you know, things. And I, like, I finally was able to come to terms with it. And over the course of, like, six months, I had to gain my weight back. I had to get my measurements back. I had to heal my relationship with food and my mind and my heal my body and all the consequences and stuff. Um, and so I did that, and it was hard, and I learned. I learned so much. Like, this, I'm so grateful that I had to go through this because it taught me so much. Um, and now I'm able to be an advocate for others. I'm able to see others and, like, help them if they're struggling. And, like, mm. after I posted my blog, I got so many replies from girls who said that I, they were struggling too and that I had helped them. And it made me feel like I was – I prayed to God that he would use my story for others, and he has. Like, I get comments all the time from girls who, were, like, say that I inspired them and I helped them to, you know, with their own problems. And so it's, it means so much to me that, like, you know, God is so faithful and he – He's using my story to help others, and so yeah. it's, it's been, I'm so grateful for the process. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is some story. Yes, it's been crazy. That's great. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's great now. Right now. It's, looking back on during it, was, it was rough, a rough six were, months or so. When, when you were going through that phase, I mean, you must have been so aware of, like, what you were doing to your body. So did you, do you think that you were aware and you were hiding it from your friends and family? I think I was in denial, definitely. I was like, yeah. I don't have an, I don't have any disorder. Like, no, I'm normal. I'm eating healthy. Look at, look at me. I'm eating what diet culture tells me to eat. And so, like, to me, I was kind of like being in denial because I didn't want to have to admit that I had a problem because then I have to recover it. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So it was like this whole cycle of just endlessly going, keeping going and going and going until finally I realized I cannot keep going. I'm destroying my body. Like God gave me this body, and I'm literally destroying it. And I'm hating it. I'm picking it apart. And so I realized, okay, like. I gotta stop this, and so I, I had God is the one who like saved me from this horrible, horrible thing. But He, he has used something so awful and turned it into something so beautiful. And like now I can share, like I'm doing right now. It's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> did did your, I mean your parents? Did they like? 
breakdown when you, when well, you found out? No, it was kind of, I guess it's not like we really found out. It's kind of like, okay, I realized, okay, I have a problem. And so then my mom helped me to like found a counselor. And so that it was that oh, help. Right. I had a counselor that she was the best. Like I love her so much. I still like talk to her to this day and she helped me awesome. to overcome so many issues. And I started seeing like a dietitian to help me like eat, like, eat oh, enough okay. and stuff. So that like really helped the whole process speed up a little bit. Are you counting calories? No, I will never ever count calories again. That is okay. Thank anyone you. Anyone that counts calories, I'm sorry for you. Like, <laughs> I, I just can't even. It's just I've gone through it and I've learned. And there's so many. It takes a bit of an obsession. I to know do that. you get so obsessed every day. Yes, like yeah. that's not that's not living. That is not living. You know, to anyone that oh, it's surviving. It is barely surviving. Like that's just why would you want to live your life in fear? You know, like you're we are we are called to be free and living your life enslaved to this obsession. It's just a sad, Instagram. yes, it's a sad and miserable way to live. It's horrible. And so anyone that's like, even people who are like in their like forties and they're who are like adults are still living in this slave. And it's like, I am 18 and I learned this. And like, I, I'm so glad I'm so young. I've learned this that like, why would you do that? Why would you try? I, I'm being a hypocrite, I guess, saying this, but like, I, cause I, I went through the whole thing too, but I guess you kind of have to learn from your own experience to fully like grasp and, ex and understand like what it all means and, yeah. Why it's so toxic and just a waste of time. And, uh. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> you, you dropped another blog post today. What was that about? That was about comparison, actually. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> did you drop any names in that blog post? I did not. It was about just how thank God. I, I, I've struggled to compare myself to others and how I've learned that, like, we can't compare ourselves to others because God, like if God wanted you to be like that person that you're comparing yourself to, or if he wanted you to have that job or that career or that face or that body, then he would have made you that way. But like he didn't, he made you like this and he makes no mistakes. So like telling him that he did his job wrong, that's not right because he didn't. And he made you that way for a reason. You're here for a reason. That's my whole mantra is like, you're here for a reason. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, like working with, um, other models and just like being in the same room with them or passing by I mean what is that lifestyle like are you because you're friends with some of them right I am and I still do struggle to compare myself I try I whenever I find myself in that headspace I try to like immediately just nip it in the bud and stop it and like just like mm -hmm. you know try to just get that out of my head because it I struggled I've always had a problem with that and so that's really been hard the hardest thing to break that and like body image and stuff yeah. so I still do struggle with that but I tried my best to like whenever I get the thoughts, just like to shut them down with truth. Like whenever the lies start coming in, I try to like just replace it with truth and like, and try to get them to go out of my head as fast as I can. <laughs> do you think, do you see like symptoms of them going, suffering similar things behind the scenes? Well, like if you did, what would, what would you do? do would you approach them or just kind of let it go? Oh yeah, I definitely would have to like, I know that would not be a very easy conversation, but like yeah. if I saw someone who was like dealing with what I dealt with, they're like was in the same headspace. I would definitely try and like intervene or try to just like you know ask them if they're okay or what's wrong with them or if they need help because like I know how to <laughs> I'm deal fine. with that. No, but you really fine. you're not fine though. No, <laughs> yeah, but I because I I'm so grateful that I have the knowledge I do now. I'm so knowledgeable about this kind of stuff because I went through it like firsthand. So definitely, if someone is going through it, I definitely want to help. And like, because God gave me this story for a reason, so I want to be able to, you know, be an advocate for him and an advocate to help others who are also struggling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that ever backfire? Like, they might they might be so stubborn that they just won't accept help. Well, that was me. I was stubborn. I did not yeah. accept help. Like, my friends for months were like, you need help. Like, 
what's wrong? Like, you're too skinny. And I was like, no, no, no. Yes, my pride was one thing, like, I mean. Proud, pride, prideful, proud. Yes, pride, proud. Yes, because, like, to me, it was like, (laughs) no, I'm eating healthy. I'm I'm, I'm thin. Like, I look good. And I didn't look good. I was a skeleton. But, like, I was in my own, I was so stubborn in my own head that I would not listen to them. No matter what, I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not too skinny. I look great. And so it took me until that breaking point to finally like let go. And I had to just let go of everything, which was so difficult for me. Like letting go of the control that I thought I had, which I had no control, but I thought I had the control. And so I had to let go of that and just give it in my body and everything of me to God, like fully surrender. And so that was a long process. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point because um, I didn't know, I didn't know why pride was a deadly sin until like last year. Mm-hmm. Like my whole life, like of course, I mean, I knew that pride is a very, you know, right. strong, you know, yeah, it's sin. Like, right? Yeah, it's like hubris. And <laughs> uh, sometimes I see it, sometimes I don't, and uh, I mean, I definitely have it too. It com- it leaks out. I think we there. all do too, like yeah. to some extent. I mean, everyone has their own struggles, but definitely pride is like in our interwoven into our like DNA. We were like, as a human species, all of us have some even like in different areas, have some kind of pride that we have to like, or the struggle that we have to deal with and like accept. So, yeah, I feel like there's only like two ways for someone to quote unquote wake up. Mm-hmm. So there's the, there's the pretty traumatic way like you, you kind of had to like fall. Right, you have to fall right? and you have to break before you can be fixed. And then there are people who don't fall, but they continue to put on this um, thing facade yeah. yeah so how how would someone lovingly without there's a fine line between like rebuking that person and showing your support right right so they'll probably think it's rebuke right because they're sensitive to yes because i was so like whenever i was struggling I'm, i was in my head i was super like and someone would get, comment on me i would like be super like defensive and like no yes. i'm right you're wrong and, like that was me so i had and insecurity, to, yeah. In, insecurity was a big thing, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just learned so much about it because um, I, I didn't know that stubbornness is directly connected to pride. Oh, yeah. And also, like, if you're filled with, if you're filled with love in your heart and peace, nothing can really bug you. Right. But if you're filled with pride, Everything you're quick you. to anger, you are easily offended. Yes. And you're quick to react. Yes. Like you were. Right, a, right. About a year ago. Yes. <laughs> the, the fun Julia. Yes. God forbid that doesn't come back again. It won't. It won't. <laughs> yeah. So it's a tough rock to, to penetrate. So what do you think, Julia? How do, we, how do we get through in a loving way without showing any judgment? I know, judgment, because like, I feel like someone who is in that headspace is going to think that you're judging them and that you're trying to make yes. like. They're trying to make me fat. Like my big thing was like, oh no, they don't care about me. They're trying to make me get fat. That was my my headspace was telling me like the ED was telling me that. And so it's like to to get past those voices is super hard. But you have to. Like, I'm sure it would take a lot of like a lot of prying, just a lot of like consistent, like just showing them that you love them and that you care for them. Like not even just telling them that they're wrong, but just showing that you care for them. Like not saying um, like you're wrong, but saying I care about you and I like I care about your health and I care about your well being. 
baby so, steps, I guess. Baby steps, yeah. I'm yeah. sure you can't just force it on them. You have to kind of be <laughs> gradual. All of a sudden, hey, Julia, I got a list of things to say to you. Oh, no. <laughs> These are the things that's wrong with you. Right. You kind of You won't see it right now. But one day you will. It's yeah. a gradual, gradual approach. It took a lot of... And then you, mm-hmm. prob- you in the moment probably want to kill me or something. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's intense. And um, like... Let's say, let's say you go through a grueling photo shoot. Um, you're going through different looks, quick changes, all that stuff. Uh, how do you relax before and after? Mm, well, I guess making sure I'm staying like well, like, feel, like making sure I'm eating enough, staying fueled, and like making sure I'm hydrated. Um, I guess after, if I'm tired after, I'll probably just like go home, and I'll shower, and I'll like just go to bed. Like going to bed or just getting in my pajamas, that's like would be relaxing or just listening to some like worship music or like praying or just kind of you know rejuvenating you do all of that <laughs> not always i mean it depends, <laughs> depends. like if i'm like tired I'm, i might just go right to bed but if it's in the daytime i might like come home and like listen to music or like pray or whatever but it depends on i guess the time of the day and yeah <laughs> are you working as a christian even in that world yes i think right um I, I think god gave me this opportunity he's like he's led me through all of that and brought me to this point for a reason like I've been praying to ask him that he'll use me in this industry and in this dark place to like be a light for him and to shine so I try to be conscious of wherever I am like if if ever I can like bring up Jesus or if ever I can like you know just love people like loving people is so yeah. important like not even just like you should you, you can't probably sh- wouldn't want to mention Jesus in the first right right a little bit of gradual I mean yeah, you, yeah. you can't really shove your religion in someone's face you kind of have to show them that you love them like and care for them, you know? Let's talk about that. How, how do we love difficult people? That is a good question. Give, us, give us a story. A uh, story. A true story. You don't have to name people. their names, mm. but tell us something I don't, pretty I specific. I don't know if I can think of a specific example, but like... Yes, you can. I, I don't know. I really don't. Um, yeah, you can. It's just like, I guess some people are easier to love. Like your friends and your family are so easy to love, right? Because you love them. I guess people... Yeah, you love them, but you may not like them. Right, yes, right. <laughs> but it's easier to love them than, like, let's say someone who's sure, mean to you or someone sure. who's rude or someone who's arrogant or who's, like, prideful or just, you know, someone who's just yeah. not like you are. That's always the more did, difficult. Okay, maybe, let's say, did you ever have a photo shoot where there were... It's a two-model shoot, but the model you were collaborating with was just, you know... I actually have never experienced that. You know, I'm so lucky to never have had, like, a super bad experience. But, like, I read a story from a friend of mine, like, last week who said that it was her and this guy. And he was, like, a diva. And he was, like, like, the girl was fine. She was, like, super chill. And the guy was the diva. And he was, like, he was, like, complaining about his makeup and, like, being all, like, (laughs) it was, was, like, a a big thing. But so I guess it's kind of funny. Mm. But um, where was I going with that? Um, Well, I don't know. But, like. Okay, so you never. Really had an experience, right? N- never, a bad like, experience. Never, yet. I never had like a bad yet. Yeah, I'm sure I will, but like, yet I haven't had like a super like traumatic experience yet. <laughs> well, what's your what's your definition of like uh, being a Christian in today's world? Well, definitely love. That is the biggest thing. Because I read a book called Love Does by Bob Goff. Recommend it. It's such a good book. It's about. Did he pay you to say this? No, no, he did not. But okay. it's a great book. Let's make that clear. <laughs> Bob Goff's awesome, but. It was about, it's called Love Does, and it's about how, yeah. like, loving is not just saying you're going to do it or thinking about it. Loving is actually going and doing it. Like, loving is being intentional. Loving is showing people that you care about them. It's, like, actually, like, using your actions and, like, you know, showing people how loved they are and how cherished they are by, like, God and how just special they are. You know, like, lifting them up and praising them and celebrating who they are and just being kind. Like, kindness is so important. What if you're really 
tested and you just really what tested. pushes your buttons i guess people who are really arrogant that is one thing that like push like people who just cannot well you're in the modeling world so right so it, i see a lot of that like people who are half just, of them are arrogant lots of like narcissism and i because i'm being a hypocrite saying that because i'm a model but like people everyone <laughs> everyone is so obsessed with themselves and just like it's just people okay i'm being a hypocrite so don't like think i'm I'm talking to myself too, but um, no, it's like, okay. I mean, everybody has turn right, off, so right. I'm, I'm um, asking yours. Um, but people who are just who cannot just humble themselves even for a minute, you know, who have I've learned through lots of experiences, you have to like sometimes it's better just to walk away and just to admit that you're wrong, even if you're not, and just you know be the bigger oh, person. Oh, I can't do that, Julia. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I've learned. I've learned that your I've advice been is not doing anything. <laughs> it's not affecting me at all. <laughs> but um. Yeah, humility is super important, I guess, in yes. today's world, because everyone's so yes. like me, me, me. But like, being Jesus in this world is about showing, like, it's about the you know, the quote, "I am third means like you put God first and you put others before yourself. Like you're third, so that that's a big mantra to live by is like treating others how you want to be treated, the golden rule, and like you know just being kind and nice and loving and genuine to everybody you meet, no matter what. Do you think there's a difference between pleasing others and serving others? Yes. I, I think I am definitely a people pleaser, like, to a fault. I, like, love, I hate whenever I'm not liked. I hate when people don't like me. So <laughs> it really, really makes... You I hate, hate someone who doesn't like you. Right. That's, no, I don't hate them, but I, I hate the idea of, like, someone not liking me. It's I, all a I, circle. It is a, to a fault. And I feel like I'm a people pleaser, so I like to be, I like to be liked. I like to make people happy. But, like, sometimes serving them does not always make them, like, pleased or happy. Sometimes you have to, like... I don't really know where I'm going with this, but like serving is like serving God. Serving others is serving God. So like you like even just being kind to somebody who needs a friend or like that, you know, that is that's what service is. Like not just I don't even know where I'm going, but you know what I'm talking about? No, I think you got something because right. uh, I I personally think there's a difference. And right. um, uh, just to break it down really briefly, um, I think Pleasing others comes from a not so healthy state of mind. It comes from a more like about me centered thought. Like yeah, yes. like you said, I like let's say I want I want to people please. I I want to be liked. I want to be accepted. Right. I want you to remember me. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to make you smile. Now serving others, it's pretty much the same thing, but, but it's coming from a a better source inside of you right. because you're not expecting anything back. Really, you're doing it from a good place. You're like. You know, Julia's in trouble. Julia, take this towel and get cleaned up. I, I don't right, know. Yes, Some, something yes. like that. And like, just, I don't even have to say, I want that towel back. I want that money back or whatever. Um, you're able to just take action out of love. Right. That is so, so true. Because I guess people pleasing, pleasing people is me-centered, but serving others is God-centered. Like, you don't expect yes. anything in return. There's no... Agenda yes. like you want to get returned and serving yeah. with that with the like the expectation that you're not going to get anything back but You're right. serving just because that's the right thing to do and that's so if Jesus is. made red wine for you He's not gonna expect it back Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> If he did I'd be like, oh, oh. how much can I drink? <laughs> just a pinch, okay <laughs> That's fine um, But yeah, pleasing uh, pleasing others is coming from insecurity um, Yes, for sure And if you're secure then serve no problem right exactly no hesitation no um no anxiety yes yes right mm -hmm. you have anxiety oh yeah i've always been a warrior i worry i've had anxiety You're a warrior i'm a worry wart <laughs> that's warrior with an o <laughs>
Yes, but um, yeah, I've always struggled with anxiety, just like being worried about things that aren't even coming in. Like, I'll just find myself thinking about stuff that's happening years ago. It comes from now. your mother, doesn't it? No, I don't think so. Mom's actually really like, she's a very calm person. Like, she, she's very secure and like not. Your dad? Um, yes, he's more of a pessimist. He, he tends to be more pessimistic. But, so like, you're your dad. Like, I look like him a lot, but I guess I get my parents, both of them. I kind of am a little bit of each of them. But um, I, I feel like whenever I've gotten better at dealing with anxiety, so like whenever I'm anxious, I'll kind of just like stop everything I'm doing and just like pray. That's what I've been doing lately because like I'll start thinking about things that are going to happen like a year from now or like months from now. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. And, <laughs> like, for example, like yesterday, I, I'm doing online college, and so two of my classes have already started, and three of them start in like a month. Oh, so, where? Um, well, it's with Mississippi College, and okay. online college, like, near my hometown so I'm doing it online can you learn anything from online yeah I learned a lot actually I'm taking an Old Testament class and it's really difficult but I'm learning about the Bible um, oh, a lot technology <laughs> I know it's crazy but I, I enjoy it actually because you can like make your own schedule and do it how you want to do it so you stop and pray does it happen, happen a lot oh yeah like let's say for example the day that I came here the whole day I was praying I swear like the minute I woke up I was like God help me please God it's not even four o'clock I know I woke up at like four in the morning that day and I prayed the whole day like I swear I was on my plane praying like God help us to arrive safely I was like in the airport God help me to find my gate safely help me to like it was the whole day I was praying which really helped me a lot because I knew that God was with me and so that really eased my nerves a little bit because I was still really anxious because like traveling is anxiety provoking but like it yeah. helped a lot. <laughs> we, um, I actually discussed this with my small group sort of recently. Um, and I kind of shared that anxiety doesn't, can't, I think it can be cured, but probably not. I think it, it'll stay around. But worrying can be cured, I think. Right. That can actually stop. Yes, I think so. I've, I've learned that you can't be, like, you can't be thankful. Like, thankfulness and anxiety cannot coexist. So if you're praising God and you're thanking trust. Him, trust, yes, yeah. yes, like trusting Him, like you, if you're trusting Him and you're praising Him and you're saying thank you, God, like you're, you're thanking Him for your blessings, then that like anxiety is like gone. Like you can't, anxiety and so. praise and like gratitude cannot coexist in your heart together. So if you're like, whenever you're anxiety, whenever you're anxious, like just start praising God and thanking Him for where you are and what you're doing because then like the anxiety will just, you know, go away because His perfect love casts out fear. Yeah, um, there's a quote from a sermon that I always dig. Um, like, if you spend too much time worrying, then it just shows that you don't have trust in God. Right, yes. Faith is super, super important. And like, if you don't have faith... But you know what? It's a daily struggle, man. Oh, it is. It's very... I'm not going to say it's easy because it's so not easy. Like, I no. worry, like, all the time. Like, I wake up in the morning and just start, like, worrying for no reason <laughs> at all. Like, why are you worrying? Your life is... Like, your things are great. Like, why do you have to... You know. You're like, human. Right, I know I'm human, so it's hard. But, like, I'm... I've learned to just like... On paper, you look like superhuman, but right. you're human, <laughs> so deal with it. Yes, deal with it. I'm human, and that's, that's part of life, but I found that whenever I start worrying about things that haven't happened yet, I'm like, okay, you cannot control that. All you can control is what's in this moment right now. Like, only in this moment you can trust God, and that's all you can do. So stop worrying about what's going to come because, like, God brought you through all of that to get you here. So why would, he, why, why would he leave you now if he brought you through all of that, you know? So it's been... I've learned how to learn a lot that like he is so faithful and he continues to show up again and again and again. So if I'm sitting here worrying, why would he not come again? You know, so that makes me kind of stop and, and have some peace. Cause I know, okay, he brought me here. He's not going to leave me. And even in a month from now, he's going to be there. So I have to stop worrying. He's going to lead you to a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you're going to share these stories that 
inspire if we if we can even inspire at least one person. Right. Yes. Any like one or, person, like any one, every soul is so is so like important. Yes. Because everything you've been through, it doesn't sound that unique. So I'm sure there's lots of girls who are going through the same thing. Right. Exactly. Yes. Oh man. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, it's just been fun. <laughs> so where do you want to be in let's say seven years? Seven years? That's so far away. I'm gonna worry about it. <laughs> Not to like bring up your anxiety. Oh no, attack. no, no, I know I'm kidding. <laughs> See, I don't really know because I've always known that I'm not gonna be a doctor, not gonna be a lawyer, <laughs> not gonna be I It's because you're not Korean. Oh, really? <laughs> but I, I definitely, like, working in, like, a desk job, like, a nine-to-five job, I would just hate that. Like, I would hate my life. So I've oh, known yeah. I'm not going to do – I want to be in a creative space somehow. And so whenever I was deciding what to major in, I was like, okay, I don't really want to, like, major in, like, a real job because, like – I know I'm majoring in, like, PR and communication. So, like, that's a really broad okay. field. So, like, hopefully I can take that, whatever I learned, and get my degree in that, and then I can use it with what I want to do because I want to incorporate, like, my filmmaking and my music writing and my, like – creative passions and like talents and gifts in my career that my goal like ultimate goal is to be able to do what I love and like make a living off of it that's like what the goal is here <laughs> do you think you can uh, score a film score a film oh like with the music for it write original music um though. I don't really know I haven't really um dabbled with like just writing. say yes I'll, I'll try yeah yeah but I mean I want to like be a director too I want to like direct oh films. you do yeah I would love to that's been actually, have you made films yeah I have how come you haven't shown me? I didn't know. I, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Let's trade films. Okay. You do films too? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Huh, well, cool. Yeah. Now we have a lot of stuff to watch on the internet. This, I know. This weekend. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. I did not know that. Yeah. I, didn't, I thought I told you. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. You're busy making thousands of dollars no. modeling. I paid no money. You cannot even know. Money is not a thing that's happening to me, but it's okay. Hey, but it is important. It is important, but yeah. I know but it's, it's not. It's, it's not the root of all evil. So if you seek only it money, it can be. Yes, if you seek money and you lust over money, then like you will be miserable. And so I've learned that, like, hey, well, I only lust over money for bills. Yes. After that, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, God, self sufficient. But like, yeah. I've learned that. Okay, whenever I was like plan to come here I was like worried that oh my gosh like Uber and food is gonna be so expensive I'm not gonna have a job I'm gonna be like so broke and I'm so scared are you gonna take survival jobs while you're here well I I wanted to like get a part-time job while I was here but I really can't because of school I'm a full-time student plus like modeling is also full-time hopefully soon so I can't really yeah you're always on the go right so there's not really time to do like a because I mean modeling is super like you have to be flexible because like you can get a, an email saying hey be there tomorrow and so you can't like cancel work and stuff so I've learned yeah. that I have savings and stuff and so I know like God guided me here so he's gonna provide for me and that's my that's my thing right now well your parents still love you I'm right, sure they do they love I'm me sure a lot helping out. <laughs> okay well Julia this has been this has been really fun and it insightful has. thank you so much um, for having me <laughs> yeah thank you for being here it went by really fast it did <laughs> yeah and um we should do a photo shoot yeah yeah I'd um, love to. oh wait i said the s word should <laughs> when i hear that word i just kind of like neglect them after that <laughs> we should <laughs> it's should sometime soon Maybe, yeah the three s's the three death words <laughs> yes yes do, do you do you experience this as well as am i crazy like no, yeah now that you mentioned it I kinda, when people like, say that to you it's kind of like oh yeah it, you want it, them it, to it mean happen. it it'll happen maybe but it never happens <laughs> yeah and then be intentional that's what i learned be intentional so for example if you said hey we should get coffee sometime 
I'd be like, make a date. Like, say, when? hey, we can, get, we can get coffee on this date, like here, you know? But, like, if you say something so vague, it never happens. Like, be intentional with your relationships and with, like, your everything in life. Like, intentional. Thank you for saying this. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I just ask, when? We both have smartphones. Why not? Right, I know, exactly. But then they just kind of tiptoe away. And they're like, what? Oh. And they like, say, what? I'll let you know. Yeah, you catch them off guard because people don't want, yeah, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> and then my, my head drops to the floor. I'm like, oh, I thought he was my friend. I know. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'll give them a week to make contact. Mm-hmm. If not, then they're cut off. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, we just met, but, um, you know, I, I usually do what I say. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll definitely do a shoot. Awesome. Cool. Cool. <laughs> well, Julia, thank you so much for being here on this podcast. I hope at least one person listens to this. Thank you so much. But no matter what, it's going to live on forever. And your stories, your chapters, your episodes of your life have been super inspirational, very heavy, very, um, I don't know, I hope it's not traumatic. No, no, thank you so much. This has been but, awesome. <laughs> but very humiliating as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy to meet you. And uh, I, I hope you do great things i really do extraordinary things creatively spiritually lovingly financially thank you (laughs) (laughs) and who knows you might even uh write original music for a future film of mine fingers crossed that'd be so much fun that'd be awesome (laughs) okay cool well thanks julia thank you have a good weekend you too
To me.